Welcome to the Transit Lounge. I'm your host, Chandra. As a recovering workaholic, I want to explore how you can do more of what you love without burning out. I'm on a mission to promote true well-being, the contented state of being happy, healthy, and prosperous. Through interviews with savvy entrepreneurs, authors, and industry experts, we'll share insights, inspiration, and practical tips on how you can be CEO you in the business of your life. Let's go. Hello, Shauna. Hello, Chandra. How are you? I'm very well. This is going to be so funny. We've got Shauna and Chandra. Yes, it's a bit confusing, isn't yeah. it? <laughs> well, hopefully people will figure out who's who. Who's who, uh, yes. Shauna, uh, I don't really know you. I know little bits about your, your story, but just from the brief chat that we have had before we started record, recording, I'm actually very excited to talk with you because I think you've got uh, a, an interesting story and I reckon some really great insights that will be very helpful for people that are listening who perhaps are intrigued about making their own kind of corporate escape plan. Uh, so I, I can't wait to find out more about you and how you got where you are now. I'm excited actually preparing preparing for this chat. It's been quite quite interesting to go back through my own story and think, wow, there's been some some pretty cool things that have happened. And it's, yeah, it's an interesting story, I think. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. So cool. what about we start with you uh, letting us know, what is it that you do now for work? So I, I now own my own business that I run from home and I use um, the skills that I have as a, as a bookkeeper as an accountant and as a, a business wellbeing coach to support other women in their businesses. So I, I help them make sense of their numbers so that they can be more mindful about their business performance. Fantastic. So it probably sounds a bit of a, an unusual uh, combination, but I guess when you hear my story, it'll make a bit more sense about how I got to this point. Yeah, fantastic. And look, one of the things that actually drew me to your story was the fact that you actually do combine the numbers with, with uh, I guess, the lifestyle business and business success because part of what I focus on with a lot of my clients is making sure that they are looking at their relationship and results with money. And I am not a bookkeeper. I am not an accountant. So the lens that I bring is much more around the um, emotional side of the relationship that we all have with money and how that plays out and impacts the practical side. And one of the things that I find is that you actually need both. You need to be looking at the practical side of things, but you also need to be looking at and acknowledging if there is any stories or beliefs around money that are going to negatively impact your success and what I find is that a lot of women don't want to look at the numbers they they want to just kind of take the approach of either hope or they glance and if there's money in the account everything's okay and so (laughs) so I think that um, there's a lot of benefit in sharing stories and insights that encourage women to take a more empowered approach with their money. So I think there's going to be lots of benefits in, in you sharing your perspective. So, so that's what you do now, with, yes. um, working from home and working predominantly, is it with women that um, own their own business? 
Yes, that is my, so I've actually, um, this business has evolved over the last couple of years since I left corporate. As they do. Um, So I do have some male clients, but I have found that the most uh, joy for me is working with female business owners. So I'm I'm now moving in the direction that that is my focus of my business. Yeah, because I just, I think women can be quite, as you were saying, fearful of, um, of numbers if they feel they don't understand them. Yeah. And and part of what I feel that my role is 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 almost as a an educator, a teacher, to to sort of be able to break it down in a simple way to help them understand that it's not that scary. Yeah. Um, but it's important that you do understand the numbers side of your business. Yes, totally. Yeah. yeah. Totally agree. And so um what did you do before you started working for yourself? Right. Okay. So I, um, I guess my story started way back when. So when I was um, in high school, I got a very high score for year twelve, and and at the time, what I really wanted to be was a teacher. Oh. But you, it kind of was expected that if you got a high score, that you would do something with that score. Yeah. So uh, in, the options were sort of, you know, you'd be, you'd be maybe a doctor or a vet or a lawyer or something like that. Mm-hmm. So I went to uni and I did a, a law commerce degree um, and I... I really didn't like the law aspect. So after three years, I got a job with a big um, corporate uh, accounting firm and started my corporate career as an accountant. So I became a chartered accountant and I spent the next 22 odd years working for various corporations overseas and back in Perth. Um, I, I came back to Perth from London and spent basically 17 years working in oil and gas and mining because I'm from Perth and that was the thing during the boom. Um, And I guess even during that time working as a corporate accountant, my favourite thing about it was um, talking numbers to non-accountants. So that is a skill that I have, I think, is that I can – I can break down numbers and explain them to you in a way that's very practical and that makes sense. Yeah. So even during, I guess, that 22 years, my my favourite part of my job was the education teaching element of it. That yeah. was that was what I was good at. We're still coming um, through that um, that earlier or instinctive yeah. interest around teaching. You found a way to incorporate that. Exactly right, using sort of the skills that I had. Um, Then I guess sort of what makes my story, I guess, a bit interesting is about age 32, I decided that I wanted a baby and I didn't have a partner at the time. So I decided that I was going to use a donor and have a baby on my own. And not relevant for this podcast, but I was 32 when I started and I was almost 38 when I finally had my son. So that was a long six years. Yeah, because you can't um, just like go to Coles. No, you cannot. Well, we could, but you might end up with a slightly different outcome, right? (laughs) Yeah, okay, true. Um, Yes. (laughs) So, yes, it it was a long sort of journey to get to there. And during that time, I was really grateful to have the corporate job because 
I was able to, I was earning good money. So I was able to afford the IVF. I was able to take time off when I needed to. The job was familiar. So I didn't have to be pushing myself out of my comfort zone. Yeah. In all, you know, during that time. So I had my son and everything was amazing. And he's seven now. Um, The absolute love of my life. Best thing I ever did. Um, And then it was when I came back from maternity leave that things started to change. So I was almost 40 and there was a new CEO had come into the company and he was taking things in a very different direction from previously. The company had become very youth focused. So the only people that were allowed to be employed were graduates. Um, There was a lot of talk about how you know, older people, it was mentioned frequently, were not innovative. They had no new ideas. What? Yes, I know. It was very, and and it was very, um, I was obviously having just come back from having a baby. I was very vulnerable at that time to, I think, believing a lot of what was being said. Mm-hmm. Um, they also, he wasn't very fond of women, so they weren't particularly supportive of of women. So for the first time in my life, I found myself wanting to work part-time and finding that a previously flexible company was not so much anymore. They um, they set minimum number of days. You were required to come back full-time once your child was a certain age. Um, they removed the ability to purchase extra leave, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, they did a round of redundancies which which was happening across the industry, but of the people that went from the accounting area, 90% of them were women, either older than 40 or part-time. So, mm. you know, it was just, it was, yeah. It, was, it Sounds was like a, just a, a delightful situation to was, find oh, yourself in. Lovely, you can imagine. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, and then I guess the other thing, and the main thing for me, which I've now realised is very important, their their values started mm-hmm. to diverge from mine. Yeah. So they they had values like excellence, discipline, results focused. It was very competitive. They encouraged people to to compete with each other and there was a lot of backstabbing and it was just not a nice environment to be in. No. Um, and look, I have I have a bit of a might be a bit of a woohoo belief, but I do have a belief that you start getting sent signs when it's time for you to make a change. Yeah. And for me, those were the the start of the signs, but I didn't really listen. Yeah. I I started saying, oh, I don't think I want to work here anymore, but there was so much fear around actually leaving. Um, I felt very much that um, I believed them when they said that because I was over 40, I had no value. Yeah, right. So, Shauna, I've, I've got, I've just got so many sorry. things I want to ask you. Yeah, yeah, no worries, Be- because what you've said, even just so far what you've said, there's so much in that and I, I want to yep. kind of unpack some of it uh, yep. and then we, we'll keep going. But yeah, yep. one of the things that you said that I'm interested in was that you realise with hindsight that the business values had diverged from yours. Yes. And what I'm curious about is at the time, 
did you would you have used that language did you know that that was what was happening or what was it that was showing up at the time that would have been a clue around that there was at the time no I wouldn't have used that language at all it Mm -hmm. it didn't feel all I can say is that it felt uncomfortable yeah I started getting because for me I'm incredibly people focused yeah so for me collaboration over competition any day of the week and I started getting I would see them treat people a certain way and I would just get angry about it, so Mm -hmm. angry about it. So it was that, it was more that I just had these really uncomfortable feelings that I just... Oh, I just didn't like what was happening. Yeah, great. Thank um, you for for yeah. clarifying that because I yeah. think for people that are listening, um, and and often um, you you and I are on the other side of this situation yeah. now, and I think what can is important is to kind of remember that when you're back in that situation, what are some of those clues yes. that people can be looking out for to even if they don't have the language for it yet. What are those sort of things um, that are showing up? Because then you also went on to say that I think it was your your little um, woo woo situation, which we're totally comfortable with here, um, (laughs) about uh, getting sent signs that perhaps it's time to move on, but that you didn't listen. Yes. Firstly, why do you think it, it is? Because I totally agree and it would. Um, my situation was very similar where I know that there were lots of signs, um, yep. also interestingly enough connected with a new CEO, but I didn't act on them soon enough. And yes. I, whilst, you know, life is what it is and I wouldn't necessarily, you know, want to change a lot of things, what yep. I'm curious about and really passionate about wanting to help women not do is how is it that people cannot ignore those signs? Yes. Acknowledging yes. the fear. So that's what sort of I think where you yep. were getting up to about that you yep. had a great, you had seen the signs, yep. felt all the feels, and yep. you still weren't making any kind of tangible moves at this point because yep. you were saying that there was a lot of fear around that, that you would, had kind of bought into their propaganda, if you like, yep. that 40-plus yep. woman, no value to have, I better hang on to this job for as long as I can because outside Absolutely. of here I've got nothing. Absolutely. And that was exactly exactly how I felt. And I was particularly vulnerable as well. I'm a single mum of a young child um, and, and I was, uh, you know, I needed the money. And I think as well at that time I, I think as I said before, I genuinely believed that I would not get another job if I left that company, right? which now in hindsight is just crazy. I yeah. can't believe I thought that, but yeah. I genuinely, genuinely thought that. Um, and, and was and it so, just yeah. that you wouldn't get another job or that you wouldn't get another job that paid as well or um, what was the no, criteria? No, that I wouldn't get another job. And I can tell you because there, there was all. actually at all. And <laughs> and I'd had um, the experience of a friend of mine was one of the women who was made redundant during that period. And she was, she was actually in her late fifties mm-hmm. and she couldn't get another job. Right. Um, and, but I think that was, a, that was a different circumstance mm-hmm. uh, in hindsight. Yep. <laughs> I can look at it now and see that it was a different circumstance that actually, um, she actually didn't really want another job yeah. of that kind. Yeah. But I was just looking at that going, see, See, that's evidence. right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, evidence, evidence. You know, I, I think if you, the, the 
the thing I find with fear is that if you look hard enough, you can find evidence to su- support that fear. Yes. So, you know, if you really are, are buying into the fear, then then it's easy to sort of stay there. Yeah. Um, so and, and and there are a few other things like I had a little bit of a little bit of leave around that time and so I would just be like okay well I'll just get through to the leave and then I can just reset and you know so there was a lot of talking myself out of yes <laughs> out of what I really knew that I needed to do yeah um so then well then we got to 2017 so talking about signs <laughs> and this was when I literally got whacked over the head with the signs that I could no longer ignore. <laughs> so sometimes so that this, happens doesn't it? Yep, it's like yep. here's a gentle little yes. nudge. Here's a little <laughs> reminder. Oh what yep. about this one? What about that? No, uh, here watch out. Here I'm coming we go. with a sledgehammer. Yeah, exactly. No choice. So the first one was that I got a younger female boss and I don't know, sometimes women can be so awful to other women mm-hmm. and she was um, she was young and ambitious and I think she saw me as a way to progress herself. Right. Because if she could, if she could target one of the people that the company didn't really want anymore, then that was good on her CV. Yeah. So... She started being really, you know, like I, I started for the first time in my career, I was being micromanaged. I was being, you know, I'd have to have meetings with her where we would go through, you know, in detail what I was doing and, you know, and I was managing teams and things at the time, but it was, it, it became very uncomfortable. Uh, uncomfortable is a very nice word for it. Yeah. I, I was, I was miserable. It was, it was really, really horrible. So that started. Then I got sick. Um, so I ended up in hospital with a, a really bad infection, which again, I think is a sign that you need to take stock. I think sometimes illness can be sent to make you <laughs> sort of stand back and go, what are you doing Yeah. to look at this? Yes. Then my son started to struggle at school. So he was only um, four at the time. He was in kindy. Yeah. Uh, but I was being called down to the school um, regularly that he, was, he wasn't fitting in. He was, seemed quite angry. You know, there was a lot of things going on, which at the time – I looked at the behaviour and and was like, what are you, what's going on? Now I can see that it was because I was so unhappy Mm. that he was feeding off that. Um, So that was happening. And then the biggest sign that hands down, a really dear friend of mine was diagnosed with terminal breast cancer at only 47. Wow. So she, and she was my person. She was the person that I would talk to about life and spiritual things and, you know, what's the point of it all and, and that type of thing. And so her being diagnosed and being that sick was a real wake up call for me because I started saying to myself, you know, if, if I was diagnosed today with what she has, would I be happy with where I'm at with my life? Mm. And the answer was no. Yeah. And so I needed to do something about it. And, you know, she she gave me a real push. She actually said to me in the last couple of weeks before she died, um, she said, you have to leave that job, Shauna. She said, I can I can see the world opening up before you when you leave that job. Mm-hmm. Until you do, you are stuck where you are. Mm-hmm. And she had this 
this dream of me. So she was very, very intuitive and she had this dream of me. It was actually the last time I spoke to her. She said, I don't know what this is about, Shauna, but I had a dream of you and you were in this just field of white daisies and I don't know what that means, but it feels significant. Mm-hmm. You know, go away and Google what that means. And, <laughs> and what white daisies mean is new beginnings, new oh, beginnings, wow. hope. I know it was really beautiful. So the daisy is actually quite prominent in a lot of my branding now because that feels very special to me. Yeah. Um, So all those four things combined just made me realise that I just, I couldn't, I just couldn't stay there anymore. Yeah. But there was still a lot of fear. So even then there was still so much fear. And I think the biggest thing was that I didn't know what I wanted to do. Yeah. So... I guess my first tip for anyone in this situation is just start taking action, just small steps, small steps to, um, if you can sort of indicate to yourself that you're doing something, it will eventually all come together. So I started doing things like I got my CV professionally written. Mm -hmm. I contacted some recruitment agents, um, I reviewed my financial situation because although that's what I do now, even back then, I kind of wanted to stick my head in the sand about that as well. Yeah. Because uh, it's just easier sometimes. Yeah. Um, but I, so I had a look at things like, okay, if I left my job right now, how long could I survive without another job? Um, Can I ask you a question had- about that? Yeah. Because yep. I think, um, and what you're suggesting, I think is really great advice of just those those mini steps that are action towards something new, whatever that new thing is, even if you're not sure what it is yet. Yeah. Um, yep. And I think one of the things that handbrakes people faster than anything else about making this sort of change is the finances. And this question of how long could I survive looking, taking stock at the financial situation, yeah. can, you, can you share how you actually did that? Like what were the things that yep. you added up? What did you review? Yep, yep. Like how did you do <laughs> yep, that? Yep. So I looked at things like, um, well, the first thing for me is I was very fortunate that I had a lot of annual leave and a lot of long service leave mm-hmm. owing to me. Yep. So the first thing that I did is I went and worked out how much I actually was owed yep. and how much roughly that would equate to. Yep. I went and had a look at uh, my debt situation because yep. that's obviously important yep. and um, how much I would need to service that debt. Yeah. And then um, I... I what I call work out your minimum. <laughs> so work out, um, I went through and I worked out how much would be the very minimum that I would need to be able to pay my bills and yep. live. Mm-hmm. So I, I I literally got a spreadsheet because I'm an accountant and we love spreadsheets. Got a love <laughs> I got a spreadsheet. spreadsheet. Yes, yep. I love spreadsheet. And I literally went through and I, I wrote down every single expense that I have yep. um, and how much that was costing me. And then I, I I put in basically a minimum for things like buying food and things like that. Mm-hmm. And then I worked out, okay, so this is how much I need minimum per month yep. to survive. Yep. This is how much I have in savings and this is how much I will get from my leave payout, divide one by the other. And I, I actually had about nine months of savings effectively yep. 
that I so that I knew that I could survive nine months if nothing else changed. Yeah, great. So if so, nothing, if yep. no new income coming in, yep. and and no real significant change in lifestyle, that, right. that you yep. had a buffer for yep. uh, about nine months. That's right. Brilliant. And I mean, there was some degree of change in lifestyle in that I I kind of took out the extras. Yes. So I I didn't have stuff in there for going out for nice dinners and things like that and yeah. travel and but the minimum absolutely. Yeah. Um and then I started as well to put a little bit of extra money aside as well mm-hmm. so that I could build up on that. Yeah, great. And then I also uh, started doing a bookkeeping qualification. So I'm an accountant. Yes. And we can do bookkeeping, but bookkeeping is is much more in the detail and I hadn't really done that for 20 years. So yep. I thought, okay, let's refresh my qualification and then I think the biggest thing that I did is that I actually got myself a coach. Right. How yes. did you approach that? Did you have any kind of interaction with working with a coach through any other context or was it someone that you knew or what did, What were you even looking How did for? That, yes. Well, the way it happened is just almost another one of those signs. I came home. So I'd started listening to podcasts. I just got into podcasts and I got home after a terrible day at work and I thought, oh, I just want to listen to a podcast about, I don't know, um, manifesting change in your life. Mm-hmm. So I typed that into the podcast. As you do. This, as you do. And this woman came up and she had a whole she had a whole podcast on basically how she had manifested a change in her living situation. And she really just connected with me. And so I thought, I wonder what like who is she? And I found out that she was a life coach. And I have to tell you, at that time, I'd never heard of a life coach. I didn't know what they were. But I just had this pull that I just needed to work with her. And I literally finished listening to the podcast. I contacted her and I said, I'd really like to work with you. And, and that was it. Basically the next week I started working with her. And even at the time, it was not about career. Right. It was just, I am so miserable I don't even know what to do. I don't even know where to start. I'm so afraid of everything. And then she worked through with me. And that's when we started looking at, I guess, for me, my my second tip when I I looked at it is, is get really clear on what's important to you. Yeah. Like it's really, you have to know what matters. Yeah. before you can make any big changes. Yes. Um and I had never I had never done that process before. Mm-hmm. Um and and it was through that process actually that I uncovered that what I love to do is the educating and the teaching mm-hmm. and how important people are to me and working in collaboration rather than competition and that was when I started to look at the values of the company versus my own values and realized that they weren't aligned. Yeah. So it was working with her that made the biggest difference for me. Um, and at the end of that process was when I decided that I wanted to become a coach myself. Yeah. So I then signed up for a life coaching course. It just so happened that in the end I quit my corporate job and the next week I started that course. Oh, that's nice synchronicity. Yes, it was. And you know what happened? I was signed up for the May course and um, the February course was full and I went on the wait list and the day before a space became available. So meant to be. Yes. Definitely meant to be. Yeah. And what I really like about this is that you, and this links back to your first tip about taking small actions, is 
that that's exactly what you were doing through the pain, through the fear, through feeling so miserable and angry and all of the whole cocktail of emotion and also your friend having passed away, all of that, you were still making it important enough to take some small actions. And even the, the, the step of having had a crap day at work, you have many choices of what you could do in that moment. But what, one of the things that you did was that you didn't, you know, binge on something on tv or uh well maybe you did you know drink yourself into oblivion as well I don't know but the one of the things that you did choose to do was to listen to a podcast that you thought could help you and and even those small things of just looking at what are you surrounding yourself in terms of the the content and the messaging that you're listening to because at work the content that is coming your way is the message that you have no value outside of this organization and even yep. within it we're not valuing you very much so that that soundtrack is is on repeat so for you to balance that out you have to seek out different voices and different perspectives that just led you to something and as you said like life coaching i did my coach training over 10 years ago and so back then it was even more what people used to think i was a stylist or something i don't know it was really funny um so it is one of those things that we don't necessarily know what exists that can help you and i think that's where it's by taking one small step you'll get new information or a new perspective that will open up the next step and the next step but if we don't take that first step then you just stay stuck absolutely absolutely and that was the thing it was it was very and even I have to say through the whole thing I I if if you told me that where I am now is where I was going to I going to end up I wouldn't have believed you because it just didn't seem real um, and this is the thing yeah. that we hear people say that and I say that too that, you know, when I worked in radio, there's no chance. Even when I knew I was leaving radio, I had didn't know that this is the sort of work that I would end up creating for myself. There's, there's no way I could have guessed that. So I think we can hear that and almost be a bit dismissive of it. But I just really encourage that if you are listening to this and you're going, yeah, yeah, people don't know how they've got where they've got. But the reality is you don't know until you take steps because even right at the beginning of this conversation you said my business has evolved and that's only in a relatively short amount of time time. that that is just what happens and so you again just coming back to you've got to take those steps to get the next piece of clarity that will inform the next step and the next step because you just you don't know yeah and and that's it and it's it's a you know, there's there's even more as things have evolved that when I was looking back on my story, I thought, wow, like, again, I would have had no idea. So if I can, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you another quick story. So another thing that is very important to me um, is, I think, mindfully building your networks. Oh, so, nice. yes, I think that's, and because I, I, I heard this wonderful thing, um, I can't remember who said it, that, you know, when you go to a networking you never know who that person you're meeting may introduce you to. Yeah. So you, you should never go into, in my opinion, into a networking meeting thinking, what can this person do for me? I believe you should go in thinking, what can, how can I help this person or how mm. can I serve? Mm-hmm. And you never know what is going to come from that. I think, you know, 
anyone who's come from a corporate background, networking meetings to me meant you would go along with a bunch of business cards and you would hand them out and you would you would think, how is this person then going to work with me? Yeah. And that's not how to build a mindful network, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, so the story of how, I guess, my, my network started, started back in 2011 when Kate and William got married. <laughs> Bizarre, right? Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I went to a quiz night with a friend of mine and there was a girl there who um, who was a friend of hers. And we met and we got on really well and we connected and we became Facebook friends. And then we didn't see each other again for about six years until when I was deciding to become a life coach, I thought, I need a website, but I have no idea where to even start with that. I have a feeling that that girl, Amanda, that I met six years ago, I think that might be what she does. Let me just contact her and see. So I did. And yes, that is what she does. So she helped me set up a website. And then she said to me, you know, I've got, um, I'm running masterminds for people wanting to do social media. Would you be interested? So I joined a mastermind. Through that mastermind, I met um, one lady who was in, had been in media and she had contacts with a guy who was a graphic designer. So he did all my branding for a very reasonable price. I met another girl who's now a very close friend of mine who happened to be running a bookkeeping and business advisory business. And she needed someone to help her out with some of her clients. So that was how I got my first few clients Uh was through her. She was also a registered BAS agent, which means she could do the GST. So I was able to get my hours up under her. So I am now a registered BAS agent because mm-hmm. I was able to work with her. Um, it, it just, she then started a networking group for women over 40 who, um, so through through them, I now know a small business marketing person, a copywriter. So, you know, it's just been amazing how going to a quiz night on yes. the night that, <laughs> that William and Kate got married, I now have this whole network of people around me who have supported me in building the aspects of my business that I had no idea about. Yeah. It's been incredible. And look, and I love that because, again, it's you taking some actions that, you know, lead to unimaginable connections yes. and opportunities yes. that have sort yes. of been contributed to where you are now. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's what, you know, you were saying, you you don't know how it's going to unfold. And if I had decided at the beginning that my business was going to look as it does now, I would have had no idea where to start with marketing, websites, all of those aspects of the business that when you're in corporate, you don't have to worry about. No, because you've got a whole department that handle that. That's it, exactly. <laughs> when your computer breaks and you're on your own, you're on your own. Oh, yes, that's, that's the one thing I do miss actually from corporate, techie help. Yep, so yep. you're coming up uh, almost to sort of two years working for yourself. What do you think since you've started, because you shared some some really great positive Uh, insights of things that have happened and nice connections that you've created and things like that but what do you think have been some of the biggest challenges the biggest challenge for me has been overcoming my own fear Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. because there's still been I was I was really quite scarred by what happened in that corporate role yeah you know I, I it has taken me a couple of years to really see my own worth again 
mm-hmm. um, and you know starting to work with people who are actually very appreciative of what I do yeah and I can make a difference to them and I can add value to their lives but there's a lot of fear and there was a lot of fear that I would fail yeah so I really was fearful that I would have to go and get another you know like employment type job mm-hmm. so that that's been really hard and it has kept me quite paralyzed at times um and I think that's in a way what happened with with the coaching aspect so you know I went for probably 18 months saying to myself the bookkeeping is just to bring in some money while I start up my coaching business so I'm a coach I'm not a bookkeeper Uh but I could not get traction on what I wanted the coaching to look like. Right. I just couldn't work out what it was. And so I just, I couldn't, I couldn't find clients. I couldn't, in the end, all my money was coming from bookkeeping. Yeah. And I kept sort of thinking, but no, I'm a coach. And, and the fact I think that it wasn't becoming clear was because that wasn't actually the direction that I needed to take. Yeah. So interesting. Um, yeah, but so so in the end, that's when I came up with the idea of combining the two. Yeah, and you know what's yeah. interesting? I don't I don't know if you know this story or not, but Thomas Leonard is a, a man who American guy who is largely regarded as one of the founders or creators of coaching as a profession. Oh no! Okay. And he was a financial planner. Oh, there you go. And what he found was that in his business was that more and more his clients would come to him and, yes, they needed to look at money and all that kind of thing, but they wanted to spend more time talking with him about their lives and what they wanted to achieve and how they could do that. And for some of them, I remember him talking that um, they didn't, particularly one couple that um, spoke with him at length about what colour Mercedes Benz they should buy because they were quite felt oh well off. But their, a lot of their friends weren't and they didn't feel comfortable having these kinds of conversations with friends or family yeah. and yeah. That, that this was this objective person uh, and that more and more people were going, oh, yeah, let's sort out the number crunching and whatever and now let's talk about the, the big stuff. Yep. And so when I yep. saw, you know, that that was, you know, part of what you do, I, you know, for me, there, I, I see them as naturally intertwined because, Absolutely. you know, who you want to be as a person, the life that you want to create and experience for yourself and those in your life that you care about, finances is an inextricable part of it. And so I think that it's really great that you've kind of been able to to land in this place where you're drawing on all of those years of experience and competence yeah. uh, in that the numbers and financial space and uh, and aligning it with you know the human behavior the yeah. manifesting the mindset piece which yeah. is just as influential and to Absolutely. for you to be offering both of those I think is really great. It is. It's really, and and it's very, you know, when I was kind of looking at it, it it's not something that very many people are doing. Mm. So, um, but to me, and, and it really applies even to my own business because I've had to, I've had to look at that myself around, okay, so what's, what life do I want? Yeah. And at this stage of my life, my personal well-being and my son's well-being are the most important things to me. Yeah. So for this period of life where he is quite young and still early primary school, that is my focus. So if that means that I am focusing more time on that than I am on my business, 
then that's just the way it is for now. Yes. And and I I know how much I need to be earning to support the life that I want at the moment. And I know that I would like it to be more in the future. Yeah. But I've decided to prioritize the well-being and the flexibility you know, of my, myself and my son and the flexibility to be around for him. So so because I've had to do that in my own business, I kind of feel I'm in a good position to help other people with that. Yeah. You know, that you need to know what do you want your life to look like and therefore how much money do you need to be earning and 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 how can you earn that much money in order to support that life? They shouldn't be two separate things. Yeah. And I think that can sometimes be a, a question that, can feel a little overwhelming for people, yep. especially yep. when they've been someone who's been very focused and probably, you know, very passionate and very driven in their career for so long. Yep. Uh, I know that for myself, it was it was tricky for me to extract to think about. Well, hang on, what do I actually want? Yeah, and to be open to be truthful with myself and that I think is another challenge point and where working with a coach or getting some kind of external perspective can be really helpful because often we make decisions and we take action that are so heavily influenced by the people around us Absolutely. and we don't realize that actually that's not necessarily what I want it's what I feel others expect of me yes. um, and so I think that you know that's another piece of the puzzle is to give yourself enough time to sift through all of that to figure out uh, or even experiment with small actions to really work out for yourself what it is that you really like. And it always makes me think about um, this will show my very naff taste in movies, but I think it is um, Runaway Bride, which is a very old Richard Gere, Julia Roberts movie. And there's a, a, a section in the movie where, you know, she has all these different fiancés and whoever she's with, she um, eats the kind of eggs that they normally like. Yes, yes. And then Richard Gere kind of goes, but what do you like? Do you like scrambled, do you poach or whatever? And she was almost overwhelmed. She didn't know because she just would change herself depending on who she was with. And I think that as a metaphor yep. for yep. her life, yes. there just is a little bit egg. of that yes. where it's like, yes. actually, who, who am I independent of yes. these other people in my work life, in my family life, in my friend life, who actually am I? And and to be okay with saying, you know what, I, I actually really like poached eggs or whatever. <laughs> I don't know, whatever the thing is. I love it. That <laughs> is so, but it's so true. And and I think the other thing is that it, um, it doesn't have to stay the same either. Mm-hmm. I think that's been the thing that I've learned as well is that, you know, as I said before, this is a, this is a period of my life yeah. where – this is my focus, but it will not always be that way. You know, he will grow up mm-hmm. and he will need me less and then I can start focusing more on on the business. Uh, and not to say I'm not focusing because that sounds terrible that I'm not focusing on my business. Of course, when I'm working in my business, I'm focusing on my business. Um, but it just means that I have created a business that allows me the flexibility to do school drop-offs yes. and pickups and, you know, be around a bit more for school holidays and things like that. Yeah. Um, but absolutely, I, I think, you know, where, particularly I think when you work in those corporate environments, you, you can get very, um, I think the purpose of a corporation is to make money for shareholders. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't leave a lot of room for the personal 
and you know and understanding kind of the person and and what a person needs so when you step out of corporate I mean I've discovered this world that exists (laughs) of just like this is going to sound terrible but really nice people who (laughs) not that there were not nice people but people who really care about other people and and you know just just that there is a really lovely world out there that I don't think I saw when I was in corporate. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, you know, I, I think, you know, it's easy for us to have a little bit of a laugh about yes. that. But, but we can. Because we're beyond it. Yeah, yeah. We, we can. Yeah. Um, oh, I'm going to do another lame movie reference um, of the Truman <laughs> Show. That, you know, yeah. when you are in an, an industry and yeah. it doesn't matter what the industry is because for me it was radio and when I was yep. in radio that was all there was. Yep. It was a 24-7 operation and yep. the it was just this insular little world and my knowledge of what was outside of radio was so limited yep. in fact that was one of the things that one of my um, bosses said to me back then when I said I wasn't going to re-sign a contract I was essentially resigning he was absolutely gobsmacked yeah. like freaked out could not believe that I would make that choice with nothing yeah. else to go to and literally yep. he said to me and I remember the tone that he said it in everything he said but what will you do <laughs> honestly and and it was a moment where uh it was defining for me because in that moment for whatever inner fighter or something the response in me was not to collapse into holy shit what will I do Maybe I'd already been through that. Um, but actually to back myself and say, well, I don't know yet what I'm going to do, but I, I know I will figure it out. Yep. And yep. so I think that there's all of that where we can just get caught up and not see um, objectively. And even when thinking about different choices. Now for you, you've leveraged really beautifully your experience of yep. working in corporate for 20 plus years but you've now added back in one of your first true loves, which was teaching. Yes. And so you've kind of created this beautiful cocktail that is is you and it's so this season of life is how it's playing out for you now and it can and will evolve. Yep. And so that's great that you've been able to do that. But for some people, they will make a significant change and maybe they've been a lawyer and they'll go and, you know, do something completely different in yep. a whole new industry and yep. those sort of transitions can happen, but you've got to give yourself the space to allow that other option to surface and see it as valid and not only look within the realm of this is the industry I've worked in, this is what I know, therefore that's yep. all there is. Yeah, absolutely. And and I think the, one of the, the, the things for me was I think when I left corporate, I actually wanted to completely reject that part of myself that was a numbers person uh-huh. because it had been rejected by the company I worked for. And right. so I was like, well, fine, I'm going to reject that too. And then it was, it was, it's this almost this concept of yin and yang. I don't have to be a coach or a bookkeeper accountant. I could be both. Yes. And I think that's, and whatever you do, you know, if you are a lawyer becoming something different, there are still aspects of what you learnt as a lawyer that you can bring into that. Yeah. It might not be the qualifications, but aspects of what you learnt, you can still bring into whatever your new career is going to be. For so sure. it's, I think for me, it's really important to not completely reject what you were before 
but but try to try to maybe leverage what you were before and bring some of that into where you want to go in your new career. Yeah, and that's just yep. being um, willing and open to explore those transferable skills. Yeah, um, exactly. Which again yep. can be sometimes tricky when you're looking at yourself. Uh, but yep. that's again something that you know you can work with someone else or these processes that can help you um, identify Absolutely. that. But how I, I didn't ask you how did other people in your life respond when you decided to leave the corporate accounting world? Yes, so I had my family had been saying for probably three years leave you need to leave you need to leave so they were we had a party basically they were so (laughs) excited having said that they were not excited about my idea to become a life coach okay um my in fact the comment from my dad and this is just that generation was you can't even get your own life together Shauna how can you help someone else was the comment I got from him thanks dad nice thanks dad for that um so they they weren't particularly excited about the life coaching but I think they they know that I'm practical as well they saw that I immediately started getting bookkeeping work and that I was still you know I I was still being practical about the fact that I needed to earn an income while also doing the coaching yeah Um, so they they were fine with that but pretty much everybody in my life just saw the immediate change the day that I did it it, I still just remember I, I, the relief um, of just not having to go back there anymore yeah. was just so, oh, that was the best feeling, best feeling. <laughs> and then I slept for about a month because, <laughs> you know, it's just the intensity of, of having gone through that situation. But yeah, very, very supportive. Yeah, that's great. It's yeah. it's fantastic that you had that support around you because, you know, sometimes people don't have that support uh, and, and that can be another uh, hurdle to get through. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And I think it was just because I had been – I'd been so unhappy. Yeah. Um, and and so maybe if, if you'd hidden, if I'd hidden that unhappiness a bit or they hadn't been as aware, they might not have been as supportive. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think when you've seen someone you care about that miserable, then, you know, and seen the impact on my son as well. Because I have to tell you, for all the problems that he had in kindy, this year in year one, he won the Citizenship Award, which was which was voted on by his peers and teachers as for the kindest child. Oh. So he went from a child that was struggling to interact to having two years of me being around and supporting him and, and to now sort of be in that position. So that Amazing. to me is just, yeah. And, and that was a moment of, I so did the right thing here. Yes. You know, I have created this life for myself. That was what I, what I want it to be. Yeah. Fantastic. And so what are some ways for people to find out more about you, connect with you, find you, stalk you online? Where do people go? <laughs> um, I've got a website, which is just shaunathompson.com. And um, it is, it's kind of under construction at the moment because this is all sort of new. So I've been working in this area, but I've just really started getting super serious about that this is what I'm branding my business to be. So um, I I would say probably in the next couple of weeks, it should be up online. Um, I also, I have Facebook and Instagram, but it's Shauna Thompson Life Coach. Mm -hmm. So I will be rebranding that as well um, because obviously I'm, I'm, 
that and more now. Yes. So uh, really my website's the starting place and then I will I will link my socials um, when they change through the website. Yeah. Fantastic. So people can find yeah. you there. And I'll make yeah. sure I put the uh, link in the show notes as well. So, Shauna, to finish up, what any final thoughts or tips for someone who perhaps is listening and is thinking about making some sort of change to start their own thing what what sort of thoughts have you got for them I think for me the biggest thing has been just remember that everything can be figured out and and everything will be okay in the end yeah it might not look how you think it's going to look right now but it will be okay yeah and I think that that for me helped me through the fear yeah you know, when you're in that intense fear and you're in the weeds and you can't see how you're going to get out of it, take those small steps and just trust that everything will be okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah. sometimes that's all you can do is exactly. to accept that you're never going to be able to see the whole way or all the steps yep. and that the only way you can make progress is to just make a start, some, small, some kind of small steps. That's it. Nice. Yep. And trust yep. that everything is figure trust. can be figured out. Figure outable. Yes, as yes. Marie Folio says, everything yes. is figure outable. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. Yes. Fantastic. Shauna, thank you so much for sharing so openly about your experience and your um, transition. And I really wish you all the best of luck as you continue to evolve your your business focus and for all the people that are going to be positively impacted by you stepping up and continuing to move towards that direction that you've been pulled in. I think it's a very exciting time for you. Oh, thank you so much. This has been a great chat. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Well, I hope that you enjoyed that podcast interview and got some great tips that you can apply to your own situation. And if you are someone who is curious about potentially transitioning to work for yourself one day, I would love for you to come and join the private Facebook group where we have more conversations with other like-minded women who are at various stages of working for themselves. And you can come and join us there. The group is called Career Change, Start and Grow Your Own Business. So just go to Facebook, search for the Career Change, Start your own and Grow Your Own Business request to join and we will see you there. Thank you for listening and have a great week.